Hello everyone, welcome back to the Talking Barefoot podcast. I'm Bhaskar and if you can hear me clearer now, that's because I've got a mic and better equipment. Uh, the lockdown has been lifted and that's allowed us to have better equipment for the podcast. Uh, and the Premier League is here and what drama it's brought with it. From the first game itself, we saw goal line technology fail for the first time in nine years. And then subsequently, VAR failed for the 900th time in, a, in 29 games. Uh, we saw Arsenal capitulate. Uh, due to David Luiz uh, and I think he's been offered a new contract too which tells you everything that you need to know that's going on at Arsenal Football Club right now. Uh, we also had a funny incident when uh, all the players were taking the need to sh- show solidarity with the Black Lives Matter uh, cause when Sadio Mane instead of taking the knee decided to run into the opposition, opposition box. Uh, Following this, Mourinho had another one of his classic press conferences where he gave statistics about all the strikers that have scored goals for him and said he respected Paul Merson, uh, which was, again, nothing surprising and it was quite a clear indication that the Premier League was back. Um, Of all the games that took place over the weekend, uh, I think three teams played their best. Uh, City, in the first half against Arsenal, weren't as great, but by the end of the second half, they were quite great. Uh, Phil Foden showed his magic. Um, surprisingly, Newcastle played well. Uh, they beat Sheffield 3-0, which was quite a great performance from them. Um, and lastly, I think Chelsea was the one team that I think started off the strongest of the blocks. Uh, and although they were 1-0 down by halftime, uh, they really came back in the second half with their American uh, superstar Christian Pulisic. Uh, who made all the difference that was required for them. So, the four of us, that is Aranyak, Mehul and Taneh and myself, have decided that today's podcast will discuss Chelsea because of all the events that are taking place at Stanford Bridge as far as transfers are concerned, uh, backing Lampard is concerned, uh, UEFA Champions League qualification is concerned. Um, so, it seems like the Blues are again on an upward hill uh, and they're going up quite fast. Uh, next season seems like it will be uh, eventful for them and I think they've moved over the shadow of Eden Hazard. Today our focus for our discussion is Chelsea Football Club who are, who are without the fans at Stamford Bridge but are still making the right noises as far as the football club is concerned. They made great signings, they're playing well uh, and they look like they'll qualify for the Champions League. Uh, to elaborate more on the vibe around the club, we have Aranyak with us uh, to tell us more about what's happening at Stanford Bridge. Uh, right. Um, there's definitely been a positive change in and around the club. Uh, I think a major factor of that is, of course, Frank Lampard. A year ago, uh, even though Chelsea had just won the Europa League, uh, things were very topsy-turvy at the club. They had just lost Hazard to Madrid. They were facing a transfer ban and Sari had just been sacked. Uh, after Lampard has come in, though, I think he's done an excellent job all around. The fans finally feel connected to their manager, something that they haven't had for quite a few years. They feel that connection with their players, with so many players coming up from the academy and uh, so many youth players. And, you know, Chelsea have been a ruthless, no-nonsense club throughout the years. But I think there's a very homely feeling at the club now. Um, Petr Cech has come in as the technical and performance advisor and uh, even McAlealy is a youth coach. So, you can say that that spine is sort of back at Chelsea but it's in the staff now. 
and i think the board has really placed their trust in this group in this core group and fi- fans are finally getting what they've been asking for all these years and despite just his 100th game as a manager and it's just his second season as a manager i think lampard has exceeded all expectations and nobody expected him and chelsea to be in this position at this uh, at this stage in the season but i think you know given more time and the way things are at the club now i think um, they'll only get better i think a lot of people including me uh, wrote off chelsea really early you know at the start of the season and much we can't attach much blame to them because you know you're losing your best player a player who's you know been at the club for so many years practically carried the club through you know various difficult phases and single-handedly won them matches won them trophies and you know hazard's departure left kind of a void at the club which you know was so difficult to fill and then uh, you know you have uh, a manager who you know is coming up from the championship and to be fair he did really well with uh, derby county but to make that jump from you know the championship to the top flight is obviously so difficult and you can't expect uh, you know even a legend of the game or probably one of the greatest midfielders of all time to just come into a club and you know start uh, getting results and uh, uh, you know having this uh, kind of you know positive vibe at the clubs and uh, you know the transfer ban was another you know hindrance at chelsea that you know chelsea have always been so active in transfer markets transfer windows but they could not get in new faces they could not get in new players and you know the first match uh, back in the premier league they went to old trafford and they got beat 4-0 and i think that kind of a kind of set a very dismal tone you know at chelsea because i think chelsea fans thought that it's going to be a long long campaign for them but 3 days later you know they played liverpool in the super cup and i thought i thought they were excellent in that game and you know they were really unlucky to come out as losers in that game so i think that inconsistency of you know having a disappointing result then having a great week has kind of you know uh, been very uh, there at chelsea football club throughout the season and uh, like one thing which i've noticed is that you know stamford bridge has historically has been such a fortress like mourinho's teams are practically unbeaten at uh, you know the bridge but this team has a better away record than you know actually their home record so we have you know obviously a lot of negatives but then like arnik said there are a lot of positives positives as well that you know the influx of youth is something which we've not seen at chelsea even though you know they are so good at uh, you know producing youth players and i think this positive vibe has to be credited to their board and uh, the fact that you know uh, people like petrchek and uh, joe cole and all these people are there uh, you know in the and the chelsea board as technical advisors and they've kind of bridged the gap between uh, the lampard and the board which i think is very important we've seen with uh, mourinho sari and mourinho the, the kind of conflicts you know the manager and the board had previously so i think that has been bridged and um, i think it's an exciting exciting time for chelsea so i would just like to throw it to tane as to you know what his opinions are on this you know kind of new era at chelsea and what is his uh, you know thought yeah um... Mayol, thanks. You spoke about um, Frank Lampard, you know, uh, and all the ex-players, uh, these legends, having bridged the gap. I think, but Frank Lampard, being who he is and what he did at the club, he, I think, he had kind of a, a leeway and some sort of a head start already, which other Chelsea managers might not have had in the past. There's so much pressure at Chelsea to succeed. You need some kind of trophy every season. You need to be challenging for the title every season. but uh, considering the transfer ban and um, lampard's stature at the club 
I think um, you know he he realized he had some time, and he also needed to trust the academy graduates, like you said. And in that regard, I think he's done a fantastic job, slowly bedding them into the first team. We've seen Tammy Abraham, who started out quite slowly, to be fair, but um, over over the months we've seen how good he can be. And you know he's earned a senior England call up as well. To add to that, Mason Mount, Reese James, all of them have slowly come in. And yeah, as um, Arinak said, I think that there's a there's a fresh start here at Chelsea, and and the the feel good factor I think has come back. And um, yeah, it's mostly due to, I mean, yeah, circumstances were funny for Chelsea because of the ban, but I think it proved to be a blessing in disguise. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I have to be honest, I think it's only over the last two years that I think Chelsea have been playing. Uh, football that's worth watching uh, with no offense to anybody or no offense to any Chelsea fans but uh, the exciting brand of football uh, Sari brought that along with him and then Lampard has sort of continued it but uh, he's metaphorized it in a very different way um, they press throughout the games uh, they have young players who uh, sort of push the limits uh, and injuries are less for them so that plays into their hands uh, and this exciting brand of football I think will be taken forward with their transfer signings uh, they got hold of Ziyech as soon as the transfer ban lifted, but he's joining them over the summer. Uh, and then uh, the real coup was in terms of signing Timo Werner from uh, Leipzig, or, or IB, RB Leipzig rather. Werner particularly was, I think, a more important signing. Uh, than he scored almost 32 goals this season in 45 games, uh, which is an exceptional uh, goal record. Uh, to add to that, he's given 13 assists over that time period, uh, including the Pokal, uh, Champions League and the Bundesliga, uh, which tells you that he's, uh, he's sort of developing further as a striker. He started out his career as a left wing, but he plays more centrally now. Uh, so that's going to be very beneficial for Chelsea. They can play with two people up front or they can play with just Werner. Uh, then they also signed Ziyech, who I think plays a very similar role to what Mahrez does for City. Uh, they have a very similar playing style. Uh, Mahrez is probably slightly superior to Ziyech in terms of his uh, technical and dribbling skills. Uh, but Ziyech is somebody who can penetrate into defences quite well. Uh, he himself has 21 assists this season in 35 games and 8 goals. And who knows how many more he would have gotten had uh, the Netherlands, uh, the league at the Netherlands not you know, stopped Eredivisie. Uh, and I think they'll do... I think with uh, Chelsea, the other thing is they've already got two fantastic wingers in hudson Doy and... Pulisic uh, and then if you add these two to that list as well as Tammy Abraham and a rejuvenated Giroud I think Chelsea have a great front six in front of them uh, I think we can uh, get more depth of insight from Arenyak uh, on this matter uh, what do you think uh, it'll be like and how did they manage to get these deals in the first place uh, a lot of clubs are looking at these two players and uh, out of the blue, literally out of the blue for Chelsea, uh, they won. They got these two signings. What do you think? What happened? So, uh, I think both of them are top, top players, like you said. Uh, if I'm very honest, I'm actually quite surprised at Lampard's pulling power, um, considering how long he's been a manager. Um, and, you know, Chelsea haven't had a left-footed winger since Mata left. And I think Ziyech will slot in there very nicely. Uh, like he's been, he's consistently been one of Ajax's best players over the last few seasons, and I'm surprised nobody actually snapped him up before Chelsea came in. And the same with Werner. Uh, 
with him it's rare to find a player who is experienced established and as young as he is he just turned 24 and uh, we know about Werner's pedigree and again uh, chelsea have needed a striker like that since diego costa left um and i think they've been excellent with their business uh, marina uh, marina granovskaya is a fierce negotiator for chelsea and they were very swift and they they've been quiet with their business and they went and got the deals done uh, ziek was a very smooth deal they were scouting him for the last 2 or 3 years and the deal was wrapped up months prior to when it was announced I, uh, they didn't have any competition for him so that was quite a smooth running for them but uh, it wasn't the same for werner as we know werner had his heart set on liverpool but prior to that even last year he was uh, basically he was he was almost at bayern you could say he had joined bayern almost because they had a deal in place uh, everything had been agreed and he had even said his goodbyes to his teammates at leipzig and he went on holiday and when he came back uh, bayern pulled out of the deal and uh, i and werner did not take this very well obviously it must have affected him psychologically and um, you know you can only imagine how it must have been to say goodbye to your teammates and then have to, having to go back there and the same thing happened this this year with uh, liverpool so obviously um for him as a player that must have impacted him and uh, chelsea saw the opportunity and they pounced uh, like tane said i think the blessing the tra- i think the transfer ban was a blessing in disguise um and they had the morata money to spend on werner so it's more or less a st- uh, straight swap and they still have cash from the eden hazard sale uh, along with a few players that i expect they'll offload this summer so they've gotten in some top players and they're still being linked to some big names and i yeah i think they've done very well with their transfer business yeah i think that's very interesting uh, the points that you make uh and if he was disappointed by uh, bayern pulling out of the deal uh, and with that disappointment he pulled out a season such as the one he's do he's playing for now uh, i think liverpool pulling out of the deal might be a bad thing for liverpool uh, and a fantastic deal for chelsea if that's how he deals with his disappointments uh, i think chelsea fans will be wishing for something like that um i think there's also the case of villian and pedro probably leaving the club at the end of the season uh, so they're replacing two uh, old guards with uh, two new guards uh, and two younger players who might actually you know uh, run further than the other two uh, i'm personally a big fan of villian uh, but uh, chelsea fans don't seem to like him as much uh, because of his uh, lack of contribution to the game uh, but that's for another day uh, when it comes to werner i think uh, tane has a probably a more birds eye view than the rest of us in terms of uh, probably watching him play and uh, hearing all the conversation about him in germany uh, since he's also the uh, first striker for them right uh, tane what do you think about the werner deal and what it what it uh, means for chelsea i think chelsea have done fantastic business in um, getting ahead of liverpool to clinch this deal and as we all know for like almost a year Timo Werner was coveted by most of the top clubs in Europe and um, a lot of uh, Europe European football fans were you know uh, tracking his progress where he'll end up but um, the funny thing is in Germany although they rate him highly he's not the most popular of figures there for a variety of reasons um he when he played for his hometown club Stuttgart he he had a an average season i'd say but uh, they got relegated about 3 uh, or 4 years ago and he joined uh, rb leipzig from there for about 10 million it was a record fee for them at the time 
and he was accused of uh, jumping ship from his hometown club because you know they were they got relegated and leipzig i think had just gotten promoted from the second division so that was the first um, case where you know um, the fans turned on him and uh, and most football fans in germany hate rb leipzig for how they've um, come up through the divisions and you know they there's a lot of hate there that the banners come out at every game against them but um, in one of their games um, werner admitted to have dived to win a penalty and they won that game so his stock further fell in terms of like not his talent but obviously in the eyes of the fans and even uh, when germany had a disastrous uh, world cup timo werner was he was booed every time he got the ball but um luckily i mean he he was played wide by joachim lo so he kind of he was on the flanks not just on the field but even in the views of fans so he escaped um, most of the scrutiny which the rest of the german team got so i mean yeah many people might have expected him to join bayern as most uh, upcoming talents in german football do but uh, i think chelsea have uh, it's it's going to be a really good signing and yeah i can't wait to see him in the premier league yeah i think i think that's a very important point that you made and i just want to hit on the fact about uh, rb leipzig and the hate that the german fans have for him uh, i think i don't know about the german people or the fans but i think uh, what rb leipzig has done is that they're sort of trying to break the monopoly that bayern munich have on that league and on that country and it's i think about time uh, you can't just pick up all the good players of your league and then you know when you titles in a row that's just unfair and uh and because of all the rules that german football has in terms of fan allocation uh, the money that you can make um and how you can't privately own clubs there i think all of that sort of plays into the hands of bayern munich just like the ffp plays uh into the hands of uh, the top footballing uh, clubs uh, so these are just things that i don't think should continue uh, but bayern munich can be happy about the fact that they beat chelsea in the champions league uh, i think it wouldn't be unfair to say they annihilated them uh and i think that was a turning point for frank lampard as well because uh, until then they were doing well but i think he changed a lot of the way they play around then uh and this season especially i think initially like you guys were saying that they were having trouble with you know starting off the season well uh, i think that probably was because of the hazard factor uh and i think mehul can come in and tell us more about uh, that about how important hazard was for that club and how his you know leaving might have impacted them Uh, yeah, I just like to point out about uh, Werner. I think uh, you know he's obviously such a marquee player, and in Germany, like you know, he's obviously not performed at his best till yet. I mean, we are yet to see a lot of uh, you know from him. But he's also taking he's taken over the mantle from you know somebody like Miroslav Klose or Mario Gomez. So you know that that is a lot of you know weight on him, and that's a lot of baggage and a lot of a, a legacy to carry. So I think you know uh, Werner still is very young at 24, and he has a huge career in front of him. And um, you know from that kind of a uh, perspective, I just want to see you know Chelsea keep hold of uh, you know such players. And with Hazard, you know we've seen that uh, he was very loyal to the club, but you know throughout his tenure at Chelsea, we saw him getting linked with Real Madrid, uh, you know particularly. and there was a uh, there was a kind of you know always a vibe around the club that you know hazard might leave at the end of the season hazard might leave at the end of the season so i think um, 
you know they've uh, failed to keep uh, you know hold of their best players and they've made some excellent uh, you know uh, uh, you know sales uh, you know and their net spends uh, uh, net spend is obviously uh, you know always appreciated but i would like to see chelsea keep hold of players uh, like werner like ziyech and create you know kind of uh, like a dynasty and kind of like a five year plan where you know this club can win a lot of titles and win a lot of trophies and now i mean they're not now that hazard has gone to madrid they're not dependent obviously on hazard and they're starting to create a team which is you know very cohesive and they're starting to get in player a couple of players for each position couple of decent players for each position and with werner and ziyech we're seeing a really potent attacking force with pulisic with uh, tammy with mount and uh, they, their midfield is stacked up with options so i you know i just want to uh, you know really see chelsea keep hold of uh, their players and uh, but obviously all all of these positives come with the negatives and there are a lot of places uh, you know uh, where chelsea need to strengthen and uh, you know with their defense being uh, you know one that the whole left back situation and you know the center back situation only uh, you know fikayo tumori is you know i think the one defender who's really come on his own and he's just you know so he's he's so young and kepa has obviously you know really disappointed in goal for chelsea so um, i just want to uh, you know throw it to aranyak who i think can talk about you know who can come in uh, at you know these positions and how can chelsea you know strengthen at the back yeah i think at the back is the main problem for them um this season they only have six clean sheets and a goal difference of uh, 13 uh, you know we know that going forward they're excellent they're uh, very good to watch but um, they haven't been been able to kill off games they haven't been able to finish their chances they aren't clinical enough and i think these two signings uh, will help um i think the left back position has been one of the weakest links in chelsea side for a couple of years quite a few years now actually they'll definitely be going for a left back uh, chilwell seems to be at the top of the list right now but as we know lester do business on their terms and he could be very expensive they're looking at uh, tagliofico as well um if that if the chilwell deal doesn't go through who's still an excellent option i um i think he'd make a lot of sense as well because him and zia could link up they have good uh, they have a good relationship and when it comes to Okay, I'll come to the keeper situation next. Uh, Kepa did well in the game against Villa. Um, I think that because there are no fans in the stadium, that will actually do him good. I think uh, Kepa is a player who performs based on confidence, and if he's confident, he does well. Also, the fact that Chelsea have splashed so much money on him, I'm sure they'll be willing to give him another go, especially considering that they need to upgrade in other positions, and one of those positions is indeed the centre back. Um, Chelsea are looking for a dominant leader, uh, you know, a world-class centre-back. Lampard hasn't been able to find a consistent back four this season, um, and I think you know, considering the full-backs we have, Reece James now at right back, I think uh, he'll make that spot his own uh, for the foreseeable future. And the left-back situation seems to be being it's looked at right now, but I think that back to pairing is more of a concern for him. and you know there aren't a bunch of virgil van dykes walking this earth but that is the level of player that chelsea want uh, i think they'll be going for a center back in the next couple of transfer windows uh, depending on how the current players perform of course um they might go for you know a budget option like uh, nathan ake uh, whose price might come down if bournemouth get relegated uh, 
but uh, lampard has shown that he's not willing to settle when it comes to transfers and he could go for you know your big names like your koulibaly's maybe so lampard has shown that he has that pulling power he's not willing to settle and if he does do it i think he'll do it properly i think it's quite interesting what you say um and i don't understand really what the left back problem is because for me i think uh, alonso does a fantastic job there uh, maybe lampard doesn't like him or rate him as much uh, but i think for me alonso has been scoring goals he's been assisting maybe he's not defensively as solid uh, uh, but that's how we, that's how left backs are now uh, they bomb forward and then the center back needs to cover up uh, or the defensive midfielder needs to cover up uh, but according uh, but uh, attacking wise i think he's great he, he's i think he, there, there needs to be no reason for him to leave i think uh, even if chelsea don't get a left back i don't see it as being so much of a problem uh, as far as if they don't get a center back i think center back is a priority uh, tane what do you think about that and what do you think about uh, the kids at chelsea now yeah just uh, you know taking up the marcos alonso point i heard this somewhere i forgot where but uh, whoever said it made he that person was absolutely spot on when they said that when marcos alonso plays in a back 3 or a back 5 he's like superman and in a back 4 he's like clark kent which was i think the most aptly put thing i've heard anyone say about marcos alonso because we saw um, i mean this guy has actually played for the likes of sunderland bolton and you know suddenly he came to chelsea and under in conte's system uh, when conte switched to a back 3 he started you know the goals and the assists started flowing and he was a wonderful attacking outlet on that left side so maybe if um, you know if frank lampard and lampard has uh, when he, whenever he's played uh, a back three this season i think alonso has done quite well because clearly his um, talents lie in the opposition half and not when it comes to you know the more defensive side of his game but uh, yeah i mean uh, speaking of the academy and uh, the kids chelsea has managed to bring through this season because of the transfer ban they they actually you know everyone knew that chelsea's youth squad was actually quite good because um, they won the fa youth cup quite a few times over the last 6 or 7 years and uh, these academy graduates if we call if we can call them that because mo- not many of them got to play in the first team so they were just loaned out and chelsea's now infamous loan system where you know 30 or 40 players are still out on loan but um, they've realized now that these guys if given the chance they can actually take the club to a new level and and fans like these sort of things you know when they see an academy player making their first team debut and settling in it the connection deepens with the club and we've seen um, uh, you know Callum Hudson-Odoi who um, you know he rejected an offer from Bayern to stay at the club and he chose to fight for his place and i think he'll come good as well over the next few years Reese James even uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek who's now come back from injury can be a really good option uh, in midfield for Lampard and i think that that conveyor belt of talent is you know it's not done yet they're still bringing through those those uh, level of uh, elite youth players so if they stick to these principles which you know um lampard and all the rest of the staff are even jody morris who's lampard's assistant who was with the youth team so he knows them well as well so this if chelsea can um you know see see this process through 
in maybe four or five years they could might as well have seven or eight academy kids in the starting 11 if you know all works out well yeah i think uh, i like to tie in mehul's point of uh, chelsea keeping players and building a sort of dynasty uh, with tanes points as well i think um, chelsea has always they've always seen their players and the whole setup uh, as a business you could say they always like to bring in young players um they'll play for a few years and then when they hit their prime you know around 28 29 they'll try and sell them like they did with hazard but i think this whole concept of the loan army as it's called uh, will take some time to die down now but this time inst- instead of sending players on loan um only to bring them back and sell them i think chelsea will be looking to keep these players and you can see it happening already abraham was at villa and he did very well there um he helped them uh, on promotion and now he's in the first team at chelsea same for tomori and mount at derby uh tomori won derby's player of the season in fact uh, last season and uh, reece james was at wigan and he seems to have that right back spot tied down you you even have uh, someone like conor gallagher who's on loan at swansea right now he has i think some he has six goals and nine assists or something that's that's quite good output for a 20 year old and uh, you can see even with billy gilmour uh, you know they're calling him the next uh, scottish zavi i think maybe that's a bit of a stretch but uh, but it's it's good to see these players come through and only time will tell of course uh, you know like 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 tane said i think they have seven fa youth cups in the last 10 years which is quite remarkable uh and they had quite a few players as well in the under 17 world cup which uh, took place in india a few years ago so right only time will tell whether you know they're looking at it from a business point of view of uh, from a legacy a dynasty point of view but uh, i think lampard is the right manager for this uh, he's not afraid to take risks uh, he believes in these players uh he's looking to build a team around them and uh, he seems to be building a very young exci- exciting squad for the future so yeah things are looking up at chelsea uh, it's interesting i think that you bring up the loan system uh and that it needs to go away soon because i think that was one of the reasons why uh chelsea got the transfer ban in the first place uh for signing overseas under 18 players uh so i think that's one system that needs to go and Uh, the loan system hasn't really done great a great job for chelsea either they've let go of salah de bruyne uh, lukaku etc uh, so it's not served them really well um but i think as far as lampard is concerned i think he 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 places a lot of faith in the youth squad right now uh, because he doesn't have signings i think uh, we'll really know how much faith does he put on his youth squad next season uh, when he has the players that he wants he can buy those players Uh, and then we'll see how much of the youth squad gets in because uh, once the money is spent the pressure is on uh, and i think he'll want to uh, try and win a trophy at least next season uh, and it, and for that he wouldn't risk a youth player i think uh, although he himself has come up through the youth ranks and he knows the value of that uh, but i think when your job is on the line your job is on the line you'll do everything you need uh, to win uh, and he might be a chelsea legend Uh, but i don't think roman ibrahimovic cares as soon as uh, the uh, results start to tip off he will be sacked i'm quite sure about that there is a ruthlessness that is there in that club uh, which has served them well and i don't think they're moving away from that just because there's a legend uh, there is an emotional aspect to that but uh, if the team next season does not start challenging for the premier league or some title uh, frank lampard's head will be on the chopping block i'm quite sure about that uh, 
as far as his management is concerned i think he's done a great job with the team that he inherited uh, especially with the loss of hazard um, and uh, they play a very high pressing high pressing game uh, and he's switched formations a few times uh, sometimes you'll see mason mount uh, play through the middle uh, and people want to say that you know he's an emulation of frank lampard uh, sometimes he'll play on the wing uh, sometimes he'll play three at the back with alonso on the wing uh, and i think the great decision that lampard took this season was to bring back olivier giroud uh, after you know freezing him out for 6 months uh, bringing him back has really changed their fortunes and uh, they've started to do well because giroud is a fantastic player he's just he just i think got stuck at the wrong club at arsenal because of the style of play uh, not because you know he was a bad player uh, a passing game is not something that you know suits uh, giroud as much as a crossing game would so that makes a difference because chelsea play primarily through the wings um and i think the fact that now lampard's stock is on the rise can be seen from you know the players he's signing uh, and there is also talk of uh, kai havertz being linked i think we need to address that issue as well because kai havertz is a fantastic player i don't think i can emphasize how good that player is if you watch leverkusen play he makes them tick he creates space he's he's thomas muller but just better i think Uh, he's faster. He's, he's shooting is better. His passing is better. Uh, his positioning is better, and he's just twenty. So I think he's a really exciting prospect. And if Chelsea were to lie, land him at some point, uh, that attack is going to be something to deal with. Uh, Mayor, what do you think about the Havertz situation and uh, Chelsea as a whole? Yeah, I think the the fact that the Bundesliga start started a month ago gave us an opportunity to actually, you know, uh, look at uh, Havertz. and how he plays and i was so surprised because uh, i didn't know that he has a capability of playing as a false nine i mean we've always you know heard him being a lethal uh, you know number 10 and he is so versatile you know he can play on the wings he can play as a number 10 and he can also play as your uh, striker and you know the lockdown was like a formality for him because he as soon as he came back he started scoring and assisting goals left right and center and i think he's one of the uh, you know uh, with his goal contribution i think he's one of the topmost players right now to have goal contributions this year and uh, he also broke a record which uh, was that you know he he became the first player under the age of 21 to score 35 bundesliga goals so i think you know he just turned uh, he just turned 20 and uh, you know that uh, really showcases his talent his potential and i think if chelsea are to you know sign him somehow i think it's a bit of a stretch you know because they've already splashed the cash on zeck and werner but if they have the funds and they can actually land him i think it's going to be a statement signing to the you know rest of the premier league and about uh, havert i think you know he is actually outgrown i think by leverkusen and you know he's he is this dynamic player who can you know play so many positions and if you see the you know chelsea front line with uh, you know havert you can have uh, you know werner who can play multiple positions you have havert who can play multiple positions ziek who can play through the middle and through the right pulisic and it you know really you know it's it's a scary uh, front four so I think um, Havertz is going to be a very revolutionary signing, and like I mentioned earlier, it is going to help Lampard create this team for the you know the next four or five years. Because over the last decade, we've seen this you know pattern that Chelsea will do really well one season, and the next season they will completely fall apart, and then they will tweak their team a little bit, and then they will come out and win another league title. And you know they've been really successful this decade alongside City. They've won the Champions League. they've won a couple of league titles and a lot of domestic cups but i think 
we get to see that consistency uh you know at chelsea over a period of time and i think uh, lampard is you know looking like he can achieve that yeah i think uh, that's an important point um i think lampard would wish that what you're saying uh, would be the case Uh, but i think history tells us something else altogether so we'll have to wait and see what happens um all i know is the chelsea are looking on the rise um, they look like a potent force for next season uh, this season i think they'll finish in the champions league and qualify for the champions league uh, fourth position is more or less uh, secure so we'll have to wait and see but uh, i think chelsea fans can be quite excited about where the club is heading uh, it's probably doing things that it should have uh a few years ago but i think it's better late than never uh and we'll have to wait and see what happens with these players when they come in because young players are uh slightly less dependable uh, but the young players that they are getting are uh, hardened soldiers i think they've played so many games and so many uh, scored so much goals i think they'll do well for chelsea uh with that i think we are done with the podcast today uh, thank you for listening in i hope all of you enjoyed if you're chelsea fans and if you're not chelsea fans um and that's about it from us Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at the rate Talking Barefoot. Uh, we are available to you on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening in, and have a great weekend.